We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag and on Tucket. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined once again by Sean Siegel as we get ready to look through some of the QB prospects heading into their second season on today's show, along with where some of the running backs might find their landing spots after the, the game of musical chairs happens with the running back position over the next couple of weeks and months. Sean, how are you doing today? Awesome. Continuing on with these uh, dynasty startup drafts, continuing on with the best ball workshop. And I just want to mention here at the onset that, you know, what Mike Beers is doing with the, t- the tools is just incredible. If you haven't been to the site to check that out, make sure you do that. I was playing with the a fanball roster construction explorer we have this for both fanball and for the ffpc so all of those ffp ffpc enthusiasts make sure you get over there it will show you how to win your league and certainly if you're playing two three four you know for some people 40 50 or 100 times then you know this is the tool that will allow you to turn those drafts into a money machine was going through so we have the 2015 and 2018 which is what we based the best ball workshop on last year and we do the individual lessons and certainly in each individual lesson maybe most of the intel isn't that controversial but there'll be a few provocative things here and there one of the things though is that not that many owners actually do all of the things that we recommend and you can see that because you can go in and you can look and see that the people who uh, fit this particular situation you know, there just weren't that many of them. But when you select 
the the outcomes where you select. So one of the things that you can you can do, the, the tool is so cool, it's hard to explain that quickly. You can go in, you can look at where the you're drafting quarterbacks, where you're drafting running backs, where you're drafting wide receivers, tight ends, defenses, the numbers of them you're drafting. You can put in all the, the different combinations. You do that, you look at what we did with the best ball workshop and how those drafters performed in 2019 they wanted a 19% rate right so that's absolutely crazy and that's despite the fact that some of the things that we were anticipating like the running back dead zone being a dead zone didn't exactly play out the way we expected the running back dead zone players stayed healthier than usual they scored more points than usual one of the things too definitely go to the site because jack miller has a really cool article talking about how you should address the single digit rounds and what 2019 means for what we're looking at going forward. And one of the things here is that even with those running backs staying healthy, that once you move into the sixth, seventh, eighth rounds, you include this whole thing in a bucket and you find that wide receivers are still outperforming, you still want to be wide receiver heavy. The tool, if you followed what we recommended, you know, even with some of those things coming true that, that we didn't expect, right? You have this 19% win rate. Obviously, I don't necessarily think that's sustainable. It's just so, so high, but it speaks to the value of the individual things in those lessons and certainly doing them all together. So check that out. We're excited for that. And now I'll turn it back over to Colin because we've got some really cool things we want to do on today's show. <laughs> yeah. One of the things we always do in the show is let the listeners know about the 10% discount. So I think with the, the way that you've rolled that over, I think it's best to go straight into that. Uh, the tools that Sean has mentioned, obviously that Mike Beers is putting up on the site, you can get access to all of those for a 10% discount as a loyal listener to the podcast. And that is available right now through the podcast homepage, which is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. I'm not going to go through the normal read because Sean has done uh, more uh, justice to everything there on the site than I ever could. So make sure you don't miss out on those fantastic tools. And of course, we'll be talking about some of the articles today. You'll be able to get access to all of those as well. Once again, you can get a 10% discount at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sean, uh, the, the, there's nothing there that I couldn't agree more just with what you've said in terms of the work that Mike's doing, the, the site uh, and the tools that are up there are just fantastic. And the work that goes in behind the scenes to get them running at such a level, I, I'm amazed each and every year and each and every time there's an update to any of the tools and talking to guys like Dave Cabin, talking to Mike Beers in terms of how they put these together. And it's it's just like <laughs> I, I, get, I get confused very quickly when they're talking about it. So I'm glad to get to use the tools rather than create the tools. But as you mentioned on today's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of very exciting uh, topics and then, of course, prospects and where those prospects could be ending up in terms of the running back position. So we're going to jump straight in to the betonline.ag QB conundrum of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. And of course, as I mentioned previously, they have partnered with us on BlueWire. And if you use the code BLUEWIRE, all one word, while signing up, they will give you a 50% welcome bonus. So do take advantage of that today. We're going to look here at the two pieces. We looked at Kyler Murray earlier in the week, Sean, and we're going to look at uh, two other quarterbacks that are um, heading in to that second year and uh, there are two pieces that Neil Dutton has done up like he did with the Kyler piece tree trigger wants to read through so do check those out in full detail but as we give a look over them uh, the two quarterbacks are Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins he asks is Daniel Jones the next Marcus Mariota and he said Jared Goff maybe Dwayne Haskins ceiling so it depends on what Jared Goff we're talking about is it Jared Goff who was a, a fantasy superstar at the quarterback position or is it Jared Goff who has kind of uh, tailed off 
dramatically um, over the last uh, over the last little while. I I would say out of the two of them, we've we've talked Sean on the shows both uh, about the wide receiver cores and the players that are available to both these quarterbacks. There's excitement there about the quarterbacks' actual pass catchers, but the concern is kind of with those quarterbacks, can they get the best out of them? So I'm going to let you pick which one you want to talk about first, but. See, moving forward, if you had to pick one of these two guys, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins, which one do you think is the better fantasy quarterback over the next kind of two to three seasons? I think I would prefer Daniel Jones. He had a better rookie season, and I think that the upside there is pretty intriguing, even though he was all over the place as a rookie. I think sort of underlining how all over the place he was or just the variety of interesting comps that he would have uh, in Neil's article here you know, using the similarity feature in the screener he's found Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, and Ryan Tannehill as the comps for Jones rookie season which that's looking at the passing numbers is looking at the rushing it's looking at age it's looking at draft slots so we want to make sure we're emphasizing that variety of characteristics there and you certainly could see him following the path that some of these guys have taken, right? You have Winston, the massive interception thrower who now looks like he may be in trouble uh, losing his job. Obviously Marcus Mariota lost the job. Teddy Bridgewater uh, fell into a situation there where he loses the Vikings job. Ryan Tannehill loses the Dolphins job. But on a more positive note, we have the big bounce back this season from Tannehill. We have Bridgewater performing very well when Breeze was out this season. Certainly, I think Mariota is one of those intriguing guys of what he might do in a different offense. It's easy to say, oh, well, if Ryan Tannehill can do it with the Titans, then the problem is not the Titans offense, it's Mariota. But sometimes guys just are not a fit for what a certain team wants to do if he has a second act somewhere else that is more positive i don't think that would come as a shock to us certainly we're rooting for him Mariota seems like one of the true good guys in the league and so then my question for you would be that knowing what jones did as a rookie knowing what his comp group looks like and then going back to this thing we talked about on tuesday where uh, super flex leagues are becoming really big and they should because Superflex is really the only way to play fantasy whether you're doing redraft you're doing dynasty and players like Daniel Jones well they're not particularly relevant in normal redraft or dynasties they become very relevant in Superflex so is this a guy you would feel comfortable waiting at the position for and then taking or do you feel like you need to address QB before you get to Jones perhaps before you get to a Haskins if you want to be competitive I think he can wait because I think he what you'd be doing then is you well if you're talking super flex waiting that long you're going to be going kind of back-to-back rounds to get quarterbacks and you probably are taking a third quarterback to make sure that you have the confidence for the rest of the season whereas if you're taking those early quarterbacks you're kind of going with going with two and maybe then having a, a third one very late on to, to fill in on bye weeks for example but when we're looking down through you know what I thought Daniel Jones was going to be last year he did he did play 13 games uh, started 12 of those and I, I thought overall was was quite impressive and he kind of you mentioned all over the place he had the huge peaks and he had very low lows and he kind of reminded me a bit of maybe Josh Allen from his rookie season where there was big big games in terms of some of that including rushing and then there was some very very bleak games uh, with lots of mistakes happening but you know playing playing in those 13 games he had over 3,000 yards passing 24 touchdowns 12 interceptions um, you know overall when you're looking at what he was able to do I mentioned on the show earlier in the week about Kyler Murray and you know how his numbers were pretty impressive for a rookie overall you know if you expanded out over a 16 game season um, 
that is what Murray had outside of the you know the injuries that he had. Uh, I I think that there's a lot of positives here for Jones. Um, you know the other part that he had that you know wasn't talked a huge amount. It was talked a little bit about, but not a huge amount uh, when he was coming coming into the league was you know rushing uh, and his ability to rush the ball. I was kind of. I was impressed and a little bit surprised just how good he did that in the games that he was able to do it. And I think as we, we know moving forward, like the the ability to rush the ball, the the Konami code as it's so known uh, in terms of being able to rush the ball uh, is something that I think that could come into his game. You know, we, we talked last year about Andy Dalton and our thoughts on Andy Dalton and how could he have a good season. It didn't work out the way we were hoping, but we talked about his ability to get in the end zone rushing the ball. And I think that's something that uh, is definitely going to be part of Jones's game. So I, I have uh, optimism to see him moving forward. And I think the, the weapons that are around him uh, are, are good too. You know, there's a great piece up on the site this week about Darius Slayton. And I think that he's a player that's sliding under the radar in terms of what he did last year. It uh, was very, very impressive um, throughout the midpoint of the season. Um, and, you know, he has him, the Saquon there. Um, and you have Evan Ingram who can, you know, who can still do things moving forward here as a tight end. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, the, the one thing that always concerns me about Haskins is just, there's, I don't know what it is, just the eye test. There's something that really concerns me watching him. Uh, but when we dig into to some of the comps for him in terms of historical comps, they don't really read very well. And when Neil says that, uh, you know, the opportunity to be Jared Goff being the ceiling, out of the names I'm going to read off now, that would be a really positive ceiling. You know, we're looking at guys like, uh, you know, I mentioned Goff there, but Christian Ponder, Jimmy Clausen, Cody Kessler, uh, CJ Bethard, who, you know, as a, as a young quarterback, did quite a, did quite well for the 49ers but it's a concerning list when you when you peel through them the other concern that i would have um it's going to be obviously there's a coaching change there this year but uh, you know in terms of the the plays run in terms of pass attempts last year was extremely low 300 pass attempts on the season um, you know you'd want more than that from your quarterback moving moving forward do you is that part of the concern for you is the comps and of course the, the lack of upside from the passing game um, that we might see, like the, it's kind of the reverse of what we were talking about, Terry McLaurin, and can he get enough volume to to be a number one wide receiver? Do you have the the flip side then w- with with the the quarterback himself? I think so, and I think that there's a difference here between Goff as the number one pick and Haskins as the number fifteen pick. Even though he's a first round pick, we might see it as a situation similar to what Arizona did where they used that mid first round pick and then immediately came back and took Kyler Murray number one overall. Now Washington may not have quite the same opportunity to do that in terms of getting a Murray there that obviously comes into play in terms of what they want to do, you know, with that pick. Uh, They're also just at a spot where they need so much rebuilding. They might not want to go back to back with quarterback, but you could make the same argument about Arizona. And I certainly think that the move has panned out for them nicely. We saw that, you know, one of the things with the Cardinals is that they are in that division where you have the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams. It's going to be brutal trying to work their way back up through Washington, not quite the same situation. Certainly the Eagles are not that far removed from winning the Super Bowl, have a lot of talent. Certainly the Cowboys uh, have enough talent. Most people believe that they got their coach fired with what happened last season. But this is uh, perhaps an opportunity for a team. Certainly the new coaching staff, I think you can be more enthusiastic about. The question then still though is, is that new coaching staff are those guys going to be pass heavy or will they prefer to control the clock, 
play defense, at least in the early going. And so you mentioned they have the young star there at wide receiver. If these two guys are allowed to develop together, I certainly think Haskins can be that very low-end type of QB, but he's not going to be one of those guys where you're thinking, well, if I just get him at the end of my Superflex draft, I'm okay. You're probably targeting someone else there. And like we mentioned, Jones, much more appealing uh, as a late pick in that kind of scenario. I, I agree. And I'm, I'm quite intrigued by, by Jones moving forward. I think um, there'll be a bit of hype maybe to go around him as we get closer to the season. But the, the players that he has around him, I, I like the upside of those. And then that they're obviously being buoyed by the, the quarterback gives me, gives me some confidence here moving forward for the Giants. And that is the betonline.ag QB conundrum of the week. Remember, if you use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, while signing up at betonline.ag, they'll welcome you with a 50% bonus. So don't miss out. Head on over to betonline.ag. Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our buddies over at Untuck It. Ever see an untucked button down? I have. I've worn them. Unfortunately, in the past, they do look pretty bad. Uh, why do they look bad? It's because they're not meant to be worn that way. And thankfully, as I mentioned on previous shows, there is Untuck It, the original button-down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untucked shirts always fall to the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 combinations uh, for the perfect fit, Untucked shirts always look great on tall, short, slim, or athletic guys of all ages. And of course, as I mentioned on previous shows as well, as a loyal listener of our show, you can get a 20% discount at checkout at untuckit.com by using the code BLUE. It is too good of an offer to turn down they are my favorite shirt to wear based on just the comfort they are how good they look i really i really couldn't recommend them highly enough once again that is untuckit.com the code is blue once again untuckit.com the code is blue for a 20 percent savings at checkout so sean it's going to be a very interesting kind of one to two months here as we look at you know the draft and and the free agency process all in one go uh, and you're a little bit of a sneak peek here for the listeners uh, you're working on some running back landing spots uh, for a, a piece coming up on the site uh, and we're looking through these it's going to be it's going to be very interesting because as you mentioned on the the show earlier in the week some of those talents that are in the draft it's going to be greatly affected in terms of where they may actually be drafted based on what happens with free agency with everything that goes around it with the team needs so uh, we're, we're going to look through some of them here as we as we talk through it where you know when you're doing this piece where did you start did you just uh, get a get a spreadsheet look through uh, all the teams and then start from there or did you look at specific teams that you were interested in off the bat and then work back ways what, what way did you start off yeah so i've done this article before where i try and project all 32 teams the running back depth chart early in the offseason and clearly i'm not going to get uh, these predictions right it's more of a an exercise to try and understand which teams are going to be making some changes which running backs might have a little bit less job security than we think right now because when you're doing drafts you're making trades whether or not someone falls into a committee whether or not they even perhaps have a rookie drafted to not necessarily play ahead of them in 2020 but to play ahead of them by 2021 certainly other things we're looking at uh, what draft opportunities do the teams have you know do they have picks in those first two or three rounds and when you think about what their other needs are are they likely to use an early round pick and then in terms of some of these guys with 
potential big money contracts? You know, how does the team looking from a salary cap perspective? Now, the salary cap stuff can be very tricky this early too, because we don't know exactly which big extension signed. We don't know which players will be cut and either free up some money or free up slash leave some dead money. So the salary cap can change quite a bit over the coming months, but at least gives a little bit of a sense. Those teams that have that are in the top five in terms of salary cap available. Uh, certainly they have the freedom to go after some players. Whether they choose to do that can be a little bit of a different question. And then teams that might have to make some cuts just to get under the salary cap. Uh, it doesn't mean that they'll necessarily struggle to do that. There are a lot of ways to deal with the salary cap, especially as high as it is now, but they'd be less likely to take on a Todd Gurley in a trade for example, might be less likely to take on a Le'Veon Bell. Now, it's probably unlikely that teams are going to take on those contracts anyway, which brings me to my first question. We have sort of these four big backs, and this is a reminder uh, for anyone drafting or trading in Dynasty uh, just how quickly even the very biggest names, the guys who are hybrid superstars who bring uh, – potentially 10 plus points to the table, both as runners and receivers, guys who have scored more than 20 points a game and just how quickly that can change. Not guaranteed, but it's certainly possible that David Johnson changes teams, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gore, Le'Veon Bell. Which ones of those guys do you expect to move? And do you have any sort of early favorite landing spots that you think end up in? I think we could see a situation where all four move. Um, I, I think it's at this point, and I think it's pretty certain that David Johnson won't be with the Cardinals. Now that that could change, but I, I think that's definitely one that's going to move. Melvin Gordon, I think we'll see a situation. I think there'll be a lot of change this offseason uh, with the Chargers, as we've seen with Philip Rivers and the announcement over the last couple of days. Uh, I, I think we could see Melvin Gordon going. I, I think the situation with him is going to be the the money he expects to get versus the money he's going to be offered with LA and then obviously hitting free agency gives him a chance to see if he can get more than that and I think with Le'Veon Bell having only signed uh, basically this time last year I think it's likely that he'll end up staying with the team unless they can find some uh, trade value it'll be pretty shocking for me if they actually went and, and, and you know cut him uh, after one season Todd Gurley is the one I think is likely to to stay there um, out of out of the four um, so if I was ranking them in that order I'd be thinking David Johnson uh, Levy or sorry, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, but it's going to be uh, very, very interesting because how that affects and when those changes would occur, that's going to affect dramatically how everything else falls in behind it. So those are kind of, but like we're looking with the quarterbacks and how there could be some changes there. We've already seen Philip Rivers' decision. We're looking to see what happens with Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Things then will all move around those pieces moving as well. So it's going to be very, very interesting at the running backs position in terms of landing spots. I have a lot of concern with all four of these guys. You know, we talked a lot about David Johnson last year, how we were kind of taking him in most drafts between the kind of six to eight range where we could sometimes up as high as five and things really fell apart really fast for David Johnson owners last year. I still think there's some potential upside there, but Anthony's article this week uh, was able to kind of show the huge concerns that there would be and there might just be nothing left in the tank, uh, especially after those injuries and the historical data doesn't look good for Johnson moving forward. And then the data of moving teams is obviously going to be another concern there. Um, so I would have to say that David Johnson's the one that I think is definitely going to move his landing spot I don't think it's going to affect too much because I, I have a huge amount of concerns moving forward in terms of these guys I would rather see a situation like you hinted at on the last show I'd rather see these guys maybe not get that 
that big contract and not be in a position where they're definitely the starters and some of these rookies come in and have a chance to challenge them because I think for teams and unfortunately I do think that the the NFLPA is going to have to try and negotiate something in to the collective bargaining agreement to try and protect running backs because at the moment it's just a case of draft them run them into the ground and cast them off they're not really getting a chance to get that second contract like the other positions but I think in this instance NFL teams it would make more sense to not aggressively target some of these veterans and to go after those younger players so I would like to see a situation where they don't where they don't end up in those situations but looking at some spots that you've mentioned you have the Texans the Colts the Bucks and the Seahawks you know I think if you look at it out of those I think the Texans would have the the best in terms of how that offense is you know, moves. Um, if, I, I think if you had somebody like Le'Veon Bell with the Texans, I think he, he could get somewhere back close to what he was in the past, um, you know, in terms of the explosiveness, explosiveness of that offense and how he could fit in there. The Colts, I think they're they're pretty much set with Marlon Mack. I think they're pretty happy there. The Bucks is an interesting one. Um, I don't think Ronald Jones did enough last year to, to give himself a, a run at it. So I think there's going to be a challenge there. The Seahawks, based on the injuries i think we might see somebody going in there but i think they're probably happy if they can get those guys back healthy with what they have so i don't i don't know about those as landing spots but out of the names that you've mentioned i think the the texans would be the one i would want to see uh have one of those kind of big time backs if if there was the opportunity there Uh, what do you think of the other three teams that you've noted there do you think there's a possibility that they do get into that running back market I think so. All four of these teams have a lot of salary cap space. Again, before uh, you know, other moves are made this season. I think they're all sort of in a place with their organization where a an addition they might see put them over the top. Clearly, the Bucks were able to move the ball last season through the air. They're unsettled at QB, but Bruce Arians, you know, pretty much in a win now type of mode uh, where he is in his career. I'm a big Ronald Jones fan. We've talked about him a lot on the show. We were talking about how he needed to have a big finish in weeks 15, 16, 17 in order to really nail down that job. He played well, but perhaps not well enough if a big name becomes available sort of at the right price. And so, you know, both trade compensation and then, you know, dealing with these contracts is going to be difficult for all of these situations. Big Marlon Mack fan as well, but I think the Colts don't really have a lot behind him. You know, they they had some success with some of those guys who were sort of desperation fill-ins, but Mac is one of those guys where even though I felt he was undervalued, you know, coming out of the draft, he was undervalued as a fantasy player now has played well for a couple of seasons. I think he's one of those guys who's always in danger. Right. And so when you're looking at Mac and you're looking at what his dynasty value is, I think it's important to keep that in mind that especially with as run heavy as their offense has become, that if they could do you know, a two-headed monster or even bring a real star in to put them over the top, I think that, that would be tempting for them. You know, perhaps they like Mac as much as I do. Certainly, that's what they say. We'll see what they do there. With the Seahawks, it's really a matter of health. Looking into this a little bit more, it looks like Carson uh, will be okay for 2020. You know, should be assumed to be the starter again there. Uh, Penny, maybe it's not quite as clear-cut. The Seahawks like to, to put out a very uh, positive face on injuries. And at the same time, they have been willing to try and add at this position. You know, you know they want to have this dominating running game. Certainly, they've got to be a little bit spooked with the situation they faced in the playoffs. 
And so I think there are some potentials there. But when you look at those four teams and you look at the fact that they do have some things in place, you know, even with the Texans where you look at them and say, well, if Carlos Hyde can play the way that he played this year, imagine what a legit starting running back would do in that offense. But, you know, the Texans have lots of, of moves they need to make if they really want to get to that level with the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Patriots. And so they should, you know, they should strongly consider going in a different direction there. That brings us kind of to our second category, again, emphasizing how tricky it might be for some of these backs to find clear-cut starting jobs. Are there teams that you like for the rookies? Now, for the ones that I've thrown out here, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Falcons, and then perhaps the Jets, if they are able to unload Le'Veon Bell, which again, could be tricky there. You mentioned that it's hard for NFL teams to pay this much given the fact that the teams already regret paying Bell, paying Gurley, paying Johnson, is that going to be a problem for Derrick Henry? And could we even be looking at a different back in Tennessee? I I think the Henry one will will get worked out, but I I think that they'll probably regret it, you know, one to two years down the line because the, 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 I, I know Derrick Henry is a mammoth human. He is bigger than most NFL players, but when you put him through the work that he went through over the last kind of seven, eight weeks of the season, and then depending on what they do to him next year, like there is a situation here where the body does eventually break down. Um, and that would be my concern. I think the Titans pay him. Um, you know, they're not in a huge, uh, you know, contract issue with with some of the other players on their team so I, I think they'll they'll pay him being kind of the, the face of that offense the the wide receivers that they have and the tight end that they have are under rookie deals i think they can afford to, to put it in but i really don't think they should but i have little doubt that they will put the money in there so i i think we'll see henry still with the titans some of the interesting ones you've mentioned there like the the dream spot is the chiefs but you know we talked last off season about was Damian Williams going too high in drafts and all season long it looked like that and then we get to the playoffs and he has a, a, a hell of a playoff run there so it's going to be interesting ideally if you get a, a player going to the Chiefs the, the issue is there it's going to be kind of a it's unlikely to be one of the real top top guys unless they make some substantial moves uh, or unless they fall dramatically in the draft and um, so realistically it could be a situation where whoever is drafted as the third, fourth running back maybe uh, gets a chance in Kansas City. Uh, some of the interesting ones, Sean, looking down through where you have some of the players landing like uh, Acres with the, the Rams, uh, it's interesting to see that Henderson still doesn't get a shot at the, the main role there, or Brown as well. You know, these guys were uh, kind of high prospects when they were coming in as well. Do you think there's a shot that if they moved on from Gardley that they give one of the guys behind him a shot or do you think that they would invest in one of these kind of uh, prominent running backs? I think it can go either direction. The Rams obviously have used so much ammunition as of late to try and uh, keep their Super Bowl window open to try and get back this last year and were unsuccessful. Part of that was not having enough firepower in the running game, even though they had Gurley, Henderson, Brown. I may be a little bit more skeptical on Brown than some folks. Certainly he's had some very impressive moments. I still like Henderson. I think the Rams are not a threat to use a super early pick uh, at the position. Certainly they've traded away that 2020 first rounder but if someone like acres were to fall deep into the draft which i think is very possible this season then i think they might add and then you have uh, say back-to-back third round picks or say a third round pick with henderson and then a fourth or fifth round pick this year you know those players then getting a chance to compete 
for that starting position. The Falcons, I think, also an interesting one in that they don't necessarily have the salary cap situation or the overall roster construction to go after one of these big name backs. Devontae Freeman, a good player, now a little bit more removed from his true star seasons. I think that's a prime situation for a rookie to come in and perhaps be the backup in 2020, the starter in 2021. Washington, also an interesting team there where you have Darius Geis and Bryce Love. I was reading that they perhaps would bring Peterson back, uh, exercise his contract there. I think that they're also a possibility for one of the big name backs, but would be a possibility for a rookie. Uh, Geis and Love, two guys I'm trying to get in drafts this offseason, but when you go into that, you do have to know that there's still plenty of uncertainty there Uh, the team itself they may know that these guys are ready you know love supposedly is going to be good to go you know where they are on him now that they've made you know so many moves in the front office but that's another organization that's in flux at the position yeah i i think out of them all um, i I was going to head on it next if you hadn't hidden it but i think out of them all the the one that would be exciting to get a rookie in there would be the falcons you know they get to play in the dome in so many games based on their own stadium and the stadiums in that division um you get that fast track you also have Devontae freeman who's gonna be 28 years old when the season starts has had his fair share of injuries hasn't really stayed healthy over a full season for quite some time there's not a huge amount of other players around that would be, uh, you know, challenging you to get that backup start or backup role, or else push Freeman for a starting role. So I think, with all things considered, there Julio Jones, Ridley, Hooper, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, if if a running back can fall into that, and they can uh, maybe even in the the second round or the third round. I think that that would be a very, very intriguing spot for one of these running backs to land. So very, very excited and, and quite hopeful that something like that can happen here uh, as, as we move into the draft process. But that's a sneak peek as one of the pieces Sean's going to be putting up in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you don't miss out on that. But it's going to do it for another edition of Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Arden. And let me know your thoughts on today's show if you want to interact, have some conversations we'll be looking for some topics for the upcoming shows as well my co-host as always is sean siegel and of course make sure you're checking out all his phenomenal work up on the road of his site i mentioned earlier in the show too the 10 percent discount you can get as a road of his listener at rotavis.com forward slash podcast that'll get you access to all of sean's pieces up on the website make sure you're subscribed on whichever platform you listen to podcasts on because then you'll get each and every show instantaneous once it is released so until we're back for another one have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast sugar ray leonard roberto duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.